everybody welcome back to robots after all i am tom and i'm andrew and we're back again for another episode we're going to be talking about masters of the universe revelation revelations yes revelation yes revelation spoiler cast uh no he-man title in the title i guess that's a red flag to start with well there was no he-man in the original title either the very original i swear no i've seen it you were incorrect. It was just Masters. I went, I went and watched the new episodes and it says He-Man, Masters of the Universe. I think the one in the 2000s might have had that, but I think the originals was just Masters of the Universe. We all just well, called it. Unless they changed it because the title screen comes up and says He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. What it has the and symbol. The ampersand? Not, not the symbol, but like A-N-D. <laughs> so it has the word and? Our words just symbols. <laughs> as the as the various symbols that make up the word and the yes. letters A and D. <laughs> but um, yeah, he Masters Universe. It's it came out. Kevin Smith wrote it. Everybody hates it. Um, I love it. I think it's the greatest He Man version of He Man because he's not in it. So I don't know. So you. I remember you texting me when this when this first aired, and you were like, "All right, get ready for some some, some shockers, some weird treatments to the characters." And I, I called it in the first text I sent you. It's like they kill. Well, you said the Transformer thing in reference, and I didn't really get it because I didn't never really saw those movies. But I was pretty yeah, much so, so, so. Real quick for the audience, uh, the, yeah. the 1980 transfer Transformers movie. Everybody loved Optimus Prime. Everyone loved Megatron and all like the characters that they had in the uh, in the cartoon animated series in G1. And the toy companies basically wanted to push new characters to sell new toys. So they basically killed off all the main characters in that movie. So like you literally start the movie, you're like, oh, my God, a Transformers movie. Finally, animation's amazing. Famous voice actors, Leonard Nimoy, plays Spock was in it. Uh, you get in at 10 minutes in, Optimus Prime dies. And this kind of had that same feel to it. So that's what right yeah that's what you said they give it the transformer treatment and i was like oh they kill he-man he's like they kill him don't they and then you just don't really say anything and then i saw it and they kill him and they kill him not once but twice yeah they can't get enough of killing he-man he needs to die he's not acceptable in the the world we live in today there couldn't be no he-man yeah, i mean the worst part about the patriarchy is that you can only kill it once <laughs> Yeah, so I don't even know where to start. I actually wanted to reference, um, I wanted to shout out that YouTuber that you like, because she pretty much summed it up pretty well in her review with when she mentions that this was a show built and made for boys. And so I know there's a lot of outrage that He-Man's gone. And I think it's justified because... You know, all these people, they want to see He-Man in a show that's coming back out if it's going to be called Masters in the Universe. And it's going to be advertised in a way where you're just seeing He-Man and Skeletor fighting. The trailer that was released, all you see is He-Man, Skeletor going at it. And then how are you not going to build people's expectations like that and then not deliver and just kill them off? Yeah, and I think that... um... 
I think that going the route they did from a storytelling perspective was creative in the sense that um, it was different. It did go in a, in a daring direction, but that's exactly it. It was a little bit deceptive the way that it was marketed, the way mm-hmm. that you know, it was even talked about leading up to the series release. Um, and then even the execution, I think there's plenty to talk about there, but I think it's important to, there, there's, there's obviously a cultural shift right now. Like everyone's trying to make content that is, um, you know, making statements, you know, we're trying to build a world that, you know, is, uh, um, you know, we're, we're trying to create an equal world. We're trying to do the right thing for everybody. We're trying to create, you know, inclusivity. We absolutely should be trying to do that. But at the same time, I think that there are spaces where content can have a target audience. And in the scenario of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe or the Masters of the Universe, it is a predominantly, you know, male dominated, you know, testosterone infused type of, of show. And, and there is enough kind of lore and interesting characters to, to get a little bit more um, in depth and maybe a little bit more interesting in terms of storytelling. But at the end of the day, it's a classic battle of good and evil with two male, you know, a male protagonist and a male antagonist. Um, so it's, uh, you know, if you are going to go a different route with it, I think it needs to be kind of handled with care. And I think that this was just flubbed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what his plan was, what is, I don't know if he's really even spoken up about how he wrote this story, Kevin Smith. And, um, but I mean, I think, well, I should say that I was never a big He-Man fan. It was kind of before my time and I never really got into it. I'd even talked to my brother about it. He's like, we weren't really big on He-Man, were we? Um, and they're like, yeah, no, it was never like a huge thing. So I went into this with very little expectations of liking it. And so when He-Man got killed, it wasn't like a huge shock to me. And I even told you that I, I liked I liked this, like, the story for what it was worth. And I feel like they do include He-Man in a lot of some like flashbacks, mm-hmm. in a few episodes that were, was kind of fun. And you have those dynamics that were from the original show where the humor is a little bit sillier and they show a little more of like um, the little antics that go between Skeletor and He-Man. And I think the overarching story was pretty interesting. I, I mean, I kind of just went into it and had fun with it. But I definitely understand if I was a super fan that if people are waiting all this time to see another He-Man story, and this is what they're given after 20-something years, then it's not really ideal or less than 20 years. Because they have that one in 2000 that we mentioned. Yeah. This. Well, so. to, to come at it from a little bit of a different perspective, I was a massive He-Man fan as a kid, even though we're yeah. around the same age. Like, I had older cousins that got me into it. I watched it as a kid, um, you know, on Saturday morning cartoons or in the afternoon or whenever I could get, whenever I was watching it. Had all the toys watched the live action movie with Dolph Lundgren like over and over and over again and loved it. Um, so I was a massive He-Man fan. I wasn't waiting for this show for 20 years. I just happened to see that it was coming on and was like, oh, He-Man, that, you know, I'm kind of ready to see something new from, from this franchise. Um, and the, the problem that I, I did have, I tried to have fun with it as much as I could. I think the animation was beautiful. I think the voice acting was amazing. 
But even if you are not coming at this from the perspective of like just removing like I wanted to see He-Man, I wanted to see Skeletor. Let's just like all accept the fact that we want to see Tila. I think Tila is an amazing character. She was an amazing character in, you know, the the live action movie, in the uh, original animated series. She was always a, a great supporting, uh, you know, she was a good friend. And, you know, there was like a family oriented thing with the whole world kingdom and stuff with He-Man. So to have Tila behave the way that she does just kind of shits on her whole, her whole character from the pre they're just basically using her as a mechanism to, to push an agenda rather than tell a story about who this character is. Like, it's so bizarre to me that she, you know, they start the show her, her father, or I think, I'm not sure if the, he's actually her father, but he basically raised her man in arms, raised her. She follows in his footsteps. She gets the, the greatest honor that she could get in her position in the court and becomes man in arms. And then when she finds out about He-Man, she just flips out and just like abandons everybody. All these people that she's <laughs> close with, she has no love for these people that she grew up with, that she did love, you know, she, and the King, by the way, he didn't even know about He-Man. The mother and man in arms knew and Cringer knew because he was Battle Cat. But Orko. The, Orko, yeah. The 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 uh the father didn't even know. So there so she just turns her back on the king, like the person that she's sworn to serve and protect as man in arms. Yeah, man. Or, or and and like if you wanted to, like one of the things that I thought was also kind of weird was like they kept the man. They call they continue to call her, her man in arms. They could have called her woman in arms. I think that would have been a great adjustment, you know, or like a, an opportunity to like, you know, I want to see a woman at arms. Yeah, like just something to to uh, change the kind of sexist original '80s, you know, version that probably you know we know is riddled with. I haven't watched it, but I'm sure if we went back, it'd be riddled with, you know, cultural changes that um, that have taken place since that show came out. So. Well, just, I remember I actually went back and I watched that original episode of He-Man from the 80s, the first episode, and it does the classic trope of everybody gets knocked out, Tila gets knocked out, He-Man comes to save the day, and then everybody, everybody wakes up and they're like, whoa, He-Man, where did, what where, happened? Where's Prince Adam? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it does... The original show's terrible. I mean, those are all, like, really good points, though, because it does... It's very forced how it happens. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like to have such a harsh, harsh reaction. I mean, who cares that he's yeah. He-Man? It's like and it was to protect her. Like, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, you've been friends with Prince Adam all your life, and all of a sudden, you find out he's He-Man, and you're pissed about it. Right. You love both of them. What the problem is? Yeah. What the problem is? Exactly. <laughs> so, and, the, and just like the, she's just a brat. Like she literally just like storms off, cuts her hair, starts working out. And then, yeah. like, hates magic. Not, she's against magic. She's on a war path. She abandons everybody who's ever loved her that she's ever loved, all on the fact that, like, yeah. a secret was kept to protect her. Like, yeah. okay. Kills Orko. Orca? Is it Orca or Orko? Orko. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was another artistic choice. That, that scene was amazing. I loved it, but it was just kind of another salt in the wound that it was like, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, oh. You're talking about when he dies? Yeah. yeah. Well, Orko deserves to die. I don't like him. Right. He's, That's just a bad thing. 
your opinions are bad and you should feel bad. No, I think Orko is probably the best story arc within the sh- those five episodes. He's all kind of mo- mopey and disappointed about his magic. And then he's he finally... Dying. He's dying. Yeah. He's not mopey. He's, he's basically got, like, cancer. Well, he's moping because <laughs> he's, he's moping around. Yeah, so <laughs> him dying is making him mope like a loser, okay? All right. <laughs> not fair, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, Orko's... Uh, yeah, magic goes bye-bye. Orko goes bye-bye. Then he goes to Subternia, and then he feels the power come back to him. He has one final self-sacrifice to to, to uh, fend off uh, Glow Skeleton Guy. What's his name? Glowy 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 Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you got it. You nailed it. He has a name. Um, glow Glow Skull Glow. Because he's based on like uh, 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 a figure that was never actually brought to. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I don't know. Ooh, people aren't going to be happy about that. Yeah, they kill him and he dies, and it was just this really nice moment in the show. It was good, and the, the bond with her and with him and Evil N. Actually, so let me talk about Evil N for a second. So Evil N is voiced by Lena uh, Hetty, I think you pronounce her name, the woman yeah. who played Cersei in Game of Thrones. Awesome, yeah. awesome uh, actor, and um, she was great as Evil N. But the one gripe that I had was like she had like this like moment where she's trying to bond with Tila and they're trying to like compare their experiences. Like I spent my whole life, like serving underneath a man. It's like, that's not the problem. You were serving Skeletor. He's fucking evil. That's the problem you should be focusing on. You're serving someone who's evil, not the fact that he's a man and you're not comparing to Tila because Tila is working with He-Man. She wasn't even serving him. She was working with him. There is no comparison here. You're just pushing an agenda that is supposed to like pour out into the real world, you know, using this show. It's so sickening. It's and not then, because he's a man. It's because he is the man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he is badass. Evil incarnate. He's like, try, they're trying to make this like relatable thing. Like, oh man, Skeletor, you know, he's always leaving the toilet seat up, telling me what to do, making me make him dinner. It's like, no, he was evil. Like, that's the reason why you shouldn't be following him. And then what does she do when like she gets the chance to follow him again? He goes right back to his side. She's like, oh, okay. Cool. Terrible writing, terrible arc, whatever. But the the moment that she had with Orko was probably some of the best moments in the show, I think. The yeah. they had was amazing. That was so that was so cool. And that the animation when in that episode was very good. I mean, you had that scene where they're facing off against that giant demon yeah, uh shadow dark, monster thing. Shadow, yeah, shadow monster. And the animation fighting him was really cool. And the fight with Tila and the glow skeleton, uh, Skeleglow, oh, I think his name is. Oh, Skeleglow. Yeah, maybe that. And that, oh no, well, fighting He-Man, I'm sorry. And then he turns into Skeleglow. All of those animation, all the animation is, is good. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. You, you said it already. The animation's really high detail and honors how everything looked. Because in 2002, they took some liberties with the styling. And here, he really made it look like the action figures like back in the 80s and all that stuff. What did you say? I said minus Tila because they completely changed her whole Yeah, life. they totally changed Tila. Um, it could have been a complete... They actually had this scene, I think, when she pulls the, um, the, man, the man in arm, or like her crown thing off, and she just had to kind of had her hair. Like, yeah. Her hair. She still had a very like feminine look. And so pretty. 
Yeah, it was, and I think she looks like such a badass even there. She was like super angry and like, you know, she storms out of the castle. It was like, you could have just had her like carry through that look. And I mean, please change her personality entirely because, yeah. uh, and, and not that there's anything necessarily wrong with the look that they went with. She looked awesome as like that as well, but it just felt like, again, it just felt very heavy handed. It was not natural. It wasn't like this is a net new character that they chose to, to um, portray this way. They took an existing character who had an existing history and just transformed her to just push something that they wanted to push. Yeah. They wanted to push Tila, a female lead. Um, Cares about nobody but herself and just wants to get her way and wants to make some money. Yeah. And she, and she her own way with magic anymore. Yeah. She didn't like magic. And then she found out she had to save magic to save the planet. Which, so He-Man, like, should have just let the planet die then, if that was the case, because all that was for, in vain, him him just saving, like, a few years or right. something, and well, then he's just dying anyway. Isn't that such a, an awesome, like, kind of meta, meta concept within the storyline that it's like, she's all against this thing, and it's like, if you don't have this thing, you don't have a planet to live on. Right. So you're basically like hating trees and oxygen. Like it's like the equivalent of that for us to be like, chop all these trees down. I'm done with these things. <laughs> um, was, yeah. So very, very short-sighted, very, very selfish. Uh, really kills me that she turned her back on man in arms. Like yeah, man in arms. She, he goes, he goes and lives in isolation, turns into a, a handsome old man with a beard and long hair. Yep. Then he uses his helmet as a fruit bowl. That's the most offensive part of the show. He used his helmet as a fruit bowl. He takes oh, it off the right. shelf, flips it over. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was also this really awesome scene where he's fighting the the uh, the technology people that have taken over Snake Mountain, and um, they have like these ability to like transform their arms into weapons. And one of the guys transforms his arm into the mace that he actually had as the toy and he rips it off and starts beating everybody up with the mace that he basically had, which I thought was a cool little fan service piece. Yeah, that was really neat. I remember you telling me about that. That's, that's kind of new. That, that scene in general was, was really neat how they all kind of came together and you get to see beast man for the first time in that scene. He's lurking in the shadows, comes out and saves them, saves the day to protect evil in so that's the other interesting dynamic that we kind of briefly mentioned is how they're all the bad guys are kind of teaming up a little Same bit. Back. Yeah, which I think that's a cool story arc, right? Like yeah. that idea where like good and evil come together to basically save all of magic because everybody needs it to live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then um what else? I mean, the uh what else is there? Um, Dragons. Well, the, the next thing that I, I is kind of burning in my head is the whole treatment of Prince Adam when when they finally kind of reconvene with him. So we we talked about Orko sacrificing himself. They go through from Subternia into uh, Paternia, and Adam's like in a garden, and it, it's, the reaction is so anticlimactic. It's almost just like, "Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, you were dead. I'm not. I I guess I'm here." Okay, yeah. well, I'm still mad at you. Yeah, and then and then the 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 guy died saving all of Eternia, saving her, saving the entire existence, sacrificed himself, and 
she's now in the afterlife with him and she's still mad at him, which again, like at first, like I saw the scene and I saw that she was mad at him. They're talking down by the lake. And I was like, okay, at least we're going to like, we're going to bury the hatchet here. Like we're going to have them team up again. They're going to heal this, like, you know, whatever rift in the relationship that's been caused. He did lie. There's something, you know, it's not like he's totally, you know, uh, free of guilt in this situation. It's just the fact that the way she's reacting, it is totally blown out of proportion for the infraction that, that was, uh, you know, that that's on the table here. So she just stays mad at him after that conversation. She literally just keeps the grudge going and he just whimpers behind her like, Oh, you're right. I guess I am terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then then he go he decides to give up his his place in and basically Valhalla that he's earned right. from all from years and years and years of saving Eternia, of putting his own life on the line and having to live a dual life and you know doing his royal obligations and then doing his he-man obligations and working all the time, you know. And like all of all of that is just like forgotten. Like Tila is just like none of that matters. Doesn't matter that you were a good person your whole life. You lied to me once. You are lower than pond scum. I hate you so much, and I hate my yeah. whole family. I hate my whole family. Uh, you know, by proxy. Yeah, I know. Uh, I hate everybody. Everybody, and I'm not willing to have a rational conversation. I'm not willing to emotionally heal. I'm not willing to be emotionally mature in any way or have any kind of emotional intelligence. I just want to be revered as a badass, and. <laughs> Uh, and just get my own way and kind of stop my own ground and, you know, carve a new life. Was uh, she badass? She was pretty badass. Yeah. I think that there was some moments in there that, you know, really showcased uh, what a badass she was. And she's a, you know, she's a badass character in general. She's always been, you know, a badass, even the original. So, yeah, I mean, that the way that that was handled, like, I was like waiting, like, I felt like there were, I was just like watching the show, waiting to feel some form of, release from the slight annoyances that I was getting throughout it. And it just like, I just went deeper as it kept going on where I was just like, okay, this is like way off the mark. This is super, you know, uh, illogical. This is not, not even, is it out of character, but it's also like weird messaging to be like, you know, condoning this behavior that the writers think that this is okay to behave this way. Like clearly they're maladjusted as human beings. If they think that this is how people should behave with each other or treat each other, regardless of sex, regardless of, you know, uh, whether or not someone lied to somebody about their secret identity, which happens in superhero movies all the time. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Do not lie. Yeah. You better tell, you better tell everybody around everybody. And then we can see what happens because all those people just die. Mary Jane gets kidnapped. Lois Lane gets kidnapped. (laughs) The whole reason why you have a secret identity is that Skeletor can't go kidnap Tila because she knows, you know, that, that um, I guess in that case, it doesn't really matter because she's a golf fighting Skeletor as well. But um, anyway, power. then he comes back, he comes back. So he's like, he's kind of like, I'm going to do it all over again. I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you guys. I'm going to sacrifice all that I have here in Fraternia. A what? A tertiary sacrifice at this point? Like, like mm. he's already sacrificed himself when he first, you know, became yeah. He-Man, didn't know if he was going to die becoming He-Man, you know, and he, and he, uh, gave up his like life of like being Prince Adam and kind of He-Man was a more, uh, you know, the, the actual responsibility that he kind of uh, focused on. Then he sacrificed himself kind of all those years of fighting as He-Man and, and then ultimately sacrificing him uh, himself underneath Castle Grayskull when he when he has the two swords with the orb at the beginning of the show. Now he's going to abandon his eternal 
reward. So clearly the whatever divine yeah. consciousness is in this world thinks that he's good enough to be there. So Tila really shouldn't be that mad at him if like, you know, who is she to judge if divine judgment's like, hey, he belongs here in, in Valhalla yeah. heroes. Then he goes back to then sacrifice himself, uh, you know, a, a fourth or fifth time. And that's still not good enough for Tila to like snap out of it and stop being super self-centered and and just like on her own warpath about this this infraction from the very beginning of the show. Yeah, so he comes out and then he gets stabbed when he tries, he finally gets the power back. Yeah, he has the power to die immediately. He has the power to die immediately. This is Skeletor's plan all along. He was the last drop of uh, magic. What cheap writing that is, too. And what were they like? What were they writing? Like, what were they thinking in their head? What message were they trying to tell the audience that evil will win? They were just, it's like they were just writing to get Skeletor to get the, the power sword, this whatever sort of power or whatever. Which he could have just done at the very beginning. Could you? Yeah, I mean, he went down and like he went after the orb, but he could have just gone after the sword. Well, I mean, I guess he could, but he had to have uh, He Man stab him to open it. Skeletor like stood in front of the key and got stabbed. The orb did not even need to come involved, though. He just needed to get the sword and be in that place and go, I have the power. Oh, in the basement? The basement. I think think he could have done it out in a field somewhere. I don't even know if he had to be at Castle Grayskull. All he has to do is hold the sword and say it. There's got to be more to it than that. Well, I guess there isn't because he did just pick up the sword and was like, I'm the master of the universe. I know the words. That's what he said. (laughs) I know the words. And then he just did it. Yeah. Maybe you do have to be at Castle Grayskull for the first transformation because He-Man can transform anywhere. Which is weird because I thought that the owl lady, hawk lady, has to like give her give the power to the person, and that sword is bound to that person. Yes, that would make that makes sense to me anyway, <laughs> that, and not to the writers. <laughs> They're like I anybody. Don't, don't what know. I thought was going to happen is that he was going to get the sword. So He-Man gets the sword, says, I have the power, stabbed, falls. Skeletor gets the sword. He says, I have the power. I thought Evil Lynn was going to actually stab yeah, him. It would just be like, and it was just going to be stab her. And then yes, and then it was just a stab her. fest. And then it just becomes like, Orko just becomes like the genie from Aladdin. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Orko. real ultimate power. Let's make it the Orko show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that... That would have been. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Orko with the with the uh, the sword of power, and he's just like. And now, yeah, what is He Man Skeletor called now? Omni Skeletor, shithead man. I don't know. Asshole, god or something like that. (laughs) God skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible art design. He was. I didn't even like the design of like the ultimate Skeletor. He wasn't even cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's what they left on. He's ultimate Skeletor coming out of the castle. And I felt like they're they're leading up to the fact they said it when he's when they're in Praternia that like you know basically there have been other heroes, you know, before He-Man and there'll be other heroes after. I think ultimately where the show is going is that Tila will become the the next hero. I mean, who knows if they're gonna change it now with all this backlash they're getting. Um Mm, yeah. and you know what? It's it, the thing that the thing that kills me is just like 
the only real, real problem that I have with the story, I can actually, or the the show in general, I can, I can forgive the marketing and the bait and switch because it's similar to the lie, right? Not that big of a diffraction. I'm not going to hold it against you for the rest of your life, Kevin Smith. I can forgive the fact that you decided to not go with uh, He-Man and Skeletor as the main characters. And it's, and it's a Attila adventure. That's awesome. What a, that's, that's great. Let's do that. What I can't forgive is all of the bad messaging of how to treat people around you that care about you, all the bad messaging of, of being selfish and being self-centered to the point where your feelings are all that matters because that's, that's just not a good message. Like it's just a, it's, I can't get behind it. The character is unlikable because she only cares about herself and she has no, there's no redemption arc. And if they keep saying like, Oh, it happens in season three. It's like, you had a shot to do this. You released it the way that you did in the five episodes. You should have given me, you shouldn't have made a character completely unlikable unless they were like the villain or something like that. And right. released. So yeah. I fix later on, but you already kind of effed it up. Yeah. Very poor messaging. Um, I wouldn't want my kid being raised with that type of mentality of like self-centered. Yeah. She just like disowns her own, her whole family. Yeah. It's totally bizarre. That being said, great show. I loved it. <laughs> Everybody should go see it. <laughs> two, two, two thumbs way up. <laughs> the messaging, bad artwork. Good. Animation. Cool. Seeing some of those characters, even though I was like, I'm familiar with them enough to be like, oh, God, this is cool to see Skunkor or Stinkor. Yeah, is it Skunkor or Stinkor? Merman guy? And... I don't know. I think it's Skunkor. All the old favorites. Yeah, Skunk. I don't know. But um, it was just cool to see them all again and, and have them presented in, in cool, cool different, like, uh, newer art style. HD, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot to there was a lot to like about it. It's not all negative. Like, no. it, I don't think it deserves. Um, I think it's that one thing. You know what I mean? Like, everything else I can kind of get over, but it's that one thing that just I can't let that go. Well, it's it it goes back to other discussions we've had where it just feels too forced, mm-hmm. and I feel there's a tasteful way to do it, and they could have just led up to her becoming master of the universe you know at some point like maybe not in the first episode but maybe down the line they have like skeletor has a plan and and it's able to kill he-man and in that moment of death he could tell her the truth about it and then hand the sword down to her or something and make it a little more impactful so she's not just this hateful person towards everybody around her yeah so yeah and they really i mean yeah, they just kind of hammered in just how much the writers hated Prince Adam and He-Man. Yeah, it's like if, that, if that's, how you felt about, that's how you felt about these characters, then don't like ride on the coattails of a franchise just to, you know, make some money. You know, yeah. what I mean? do it, do it as a passion project or don't do it at all. You know, and, and what a what a disappointment to um, have Mark Hamill as Skeletor knowing that going into it being like, Oh, I cannot wait to just hear that, you know, classic Mark Hamill growl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he hated, uh, he hated what they did with Luke Skywalker. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I would say, um, 
I'm certainly going to watch the next season. I, I I'm a very, you know, I'm very much of the mindset where it's, it's definitely about like, try to give things a chance, definitely forgive things. If, you know, if people try to make amends, like I'm going to give it another shot and see what they do. Um, but I hope that, I hope that the, the, the thing that happens with this a lot, that's kind of unfortunate is when there's huge negative backlash, instead of actually kind of meeting it head on or trying to actually take it as any form of constructive criticism, especially because it's not being delivered as constructive criticism. I think creators have a tendency to just like, you know, like he's like Kevin Smith is basically just like, Oh, we're getting review bombed. And it's, it's like, you're not getting review bombed. The reality is whatever friends you have in, in the, in, in the critic box uh, in the critic boxes are saying it's great. Rotten Tomatoes has got like a 94% on it the fans are outraged. You know, there was a live stream where he was talking about it and he was saying it's getting review bombed, it's getting review bombed, blah, blah, blah. There were like 10,000 dislikes and 3,000 likes. It's like people are not happy. The majority of people are not happy. Just because you've managed to control the messaging and marketing from the people that have the the soapboxes to stand on and say, yep, this is a, this is a thumbs up, does not make it you know that I mean, it's it's a perfect example of how misinformation is spread. Because if you have the mouthpiece, if you are a news outlet, if you do have a, you know, if you're Kotaku or you have or your IGN and you have that forum, you can create very very powerful messaging where you can make it appear as if everything is one way, when in reality the many voices are saying something completely different, and it just controls the consciousness of of everybody to think that it's one way versus another it's a it's like hilarious to see it on like a he-man show but it's like don't trust any news sources don't trust anything you see you know on the internet yeah. because it's all controlled yeah. <laughs> you know? and even when it's being stared in the face where you have a like the whole point of having a differentiation of like here are the critic scores and here are the user scores is to tell the whole story the story is being told they're like that's not the whole story like it's this story over here that we want you to have you know yeah, I mean, what he did was, what they did with this show is basically the opposite of fan service. It's like, how do you not know what you're doing when you get into it? And then you're going to come on and say that you're getting review, review bombed? Yeah. Like, you, how did you not know that this was going to happen? If you kill off a character in the first friggin' episode. No, yeah, they, they could have. They might as well have just written a show and be like, it opens and it's like, He-Man has no dick. Skeletor is going off to Fairyland with the rainbows <laughs> and the ponies. And he's just going to ride around for four hours. And that's the show. It's like, okay, you've murdered it. Like, uh, good job. That probably would have been even more fun yeah, than what they yeah. did here. Yeah. It's like having uh, a movie called uh, like uh, Gotham City Revelations. And then you're expecting to see batman and batman gets like shot in the face in the first episode first like five minutes or something <laughs> yeah and then it's just like batgirl yeah batgirl or uh commissioner gordon's daughter i think is robin, robin hood and yeah and in tights but yeah i mean yeah i don't know i think that set covers all of that i mean i overall it was okay kind of weird how they handled it but the internet speaks in numbers, as you can tell, and they are not happy. Yeah. Yeah. What a shame. Cause, um, a lot of potential for sure. Uh, so hopefully the, uh, hopefully the pendulum swings a little bit closer to center here. Cause right now we're like all the way over to one side. That's, uh, you know, in unhealthy territory for the kind of messaging that we're, I mean, to, to be that's fair, what they did with ghostbusters. 
Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I didn't see that actually, but they they um uh, actually lost my train of thought a little bit, but um yeah, it's it's just not it's not it's not a, it doesn't have an audience. Like it's not for old idiot men like me who are like He-Man is the greatest. Even though you know, as I've matured, like I'm not a huge fan of the He-Man character. He's one dimensional. He's just like yeah. you know, it's like I'm the hero guy. I do think that you know there was times in the downtime where he wasn't like um fighting where he was providing positive messaging and he was helping people and he was contributing he wasn't like a, you know a toxic male or something like that he was he was a good dude so he was he was kind of dumb and he was kind of one-dimensional but he was at least a, a good guy um but you know so it's not for kids because it's too violent it's not for the feminist community because they don't really give a shit about he-man in the first place yeah so what, what what tie do they have to it it's not for the you old now probably <laughs> Not for the old men like us who grew up with He-Man. So who's it for? Who's the target audience? Kevin Smith to make some money, and everybody involved. They made their money. They're happy. Netflix gave them money. Yeah, negative. I mean, it's like you know, any PR is good PR. I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe a show about He-Man wouldn't sell to Netflix, so they're like, well, let's make it about uh, like a Tila agenda message about being a horrible person. And and okay. everybody you loved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's okay. <laughs> well, I called Sheila and she said she's coming over. And I said, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think that that's a wrap on this. Um, yeah. I usually don't get like as fired up about stuff like this, but this one was, you know, way over the line, way over the top. Yeah. I think when I was just watching, I was just kind of like, I, I, it's just like my expectations are so low for these reboots these days that it just like it's it's hard to get upset because it's just you're going into it knowing that they're going to do something you don't like and this was pretty far off the deep end so yeah <laughs> and they had they have the potential with the master of the universe characters to create there's enough kind of like and even i think they could have introduced new female characters that would have been cool um to make more balance and show like we should be like creating examples of like how to interact with each other, you know, how to, you know, right. how to be, uh, you know, a unified culture rather than calling out and highlighting the differences. Um, teaching kids like how to actually, or, or even just like putting the messaging out there. It's just like, you know, and maybe calling out some of the things that were, you know, um, sexist or or racist or whatever as you know figuring out how to do that in a way that is is tasteful but um to then to create only one reality tunnel when you have an opportunity of you know all these multifaceted experiences all and and you're dealing with a fantasy world where you can you know similar to how the x-men do like they they've basically they're tackling the topic of racism but they're doing it in a creative way by by making it you know different mutants and different mutant powers and versus kind of the humans um so yeah missed opportunity for sure it is a lot, a lot there it's really funny and i do want to just mention the ghostbusters movie that they made like the all-female ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. atrocious horrible trash you that should watch great. it just for the fact to see like there was so much around like uh this movement of having like an all-women cla- ca- cast except they failed to make it uh, a good message or a good movie. All the women in the movie are idiots. 
like they're all they all try to be funny and stupid and there's no like i don't understand what type of message that is sending that like that's too bad because that whole cast is all like awesome snl cast members well, like, a lot of it goes like, yeah. against the director because he uh, made them ad-lib every other scene so he would do like 20 50 takes of them just like spewing out lines like off the cuff and there's even videos out there of it and it's just it's so cringe worthy it's 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 upsetting and i feel I bad for the the actors because it could have been a really good movie but they're just there's no script it's like the 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 star wars movie it's like you need a plan you can't just have all the characters just fall into place and expect it to work you know, you need to have like a, a good plan. <laughs> it's just a madness, man. <laughs> I would actually like to see that. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, I actually like that cast a lot. All, all well, look, the, uh, well, they're all great on their own, but like when you try to make each character the same um, personality type, like they're all doing fart jokes. You know, it's just like. Let's well, fart jokes just aren't funny in the first place, so that's like they're all trying to like look at the original Ghostbusters, and I'm going on a rant here, but like each one had their own personality type, you know, smart guy, funny guy, snarky guy, you know, weird guy, whatever. It's just it's it, you can't have all the same character type and expect it to be an enjoyable movie and like ad lib every scene. So yeah, that's too whatever. bad. The new but one was kind of cool, and now they're trying to do a new one because they realized how awful that one was. Have you seen the trailer for that? Ghost yeah, it's awesome. And at the very the very end, I can't tell if it's Dan Aykroyd or if it's Bill Murray, but it sounded like Aykroyd. Yeah, me. When I first heard it, I thought I was like, "Oh, is that Bill Murray?" And then I was when I listened to it again. I was like, "I think that's Dan Aykroyd." And also, like, he would be the one that would have the shop. So yeah, like he out of out of the whole group, like he'd be the one that'd be like manning a shop late at night. So probably I'm pretty sure all of them are coming back, right? I don't know. Bill Murray, whatever. Other guy. I mean, they're very old. I can't imagine them strapping on a proton pack. I can yeah. imagine them having a proton walker. Proton cameos. <laughs> proton colostomy bag. <laughs> proton an adult diaper. <laughs> hey, guys, Amir. We're ready to serve. Oh, we're going to go to the body. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Enough about Masters Universe. You watched Invincible, though. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Let's do an episode on that because that was a tour day. I knew it was going to blow you away, man. It was awesome. Did it blow you away. It exceeded expectations. Yeah. In your words, it blew me away. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That's Until it. next time. Thanks for watching, everybody. We're going to talk at the same time every time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Have a good night, evening. Oh, no, good we're done. no, this is the this is the real bye. Okay. Bye.